Welcome to The Sexy Times. I'm your host, Melanie Chambers, a journalist, author, cyclist, and sexual human being. I talk to women redefining what it means to be a sexy, confident woman. Let's dig in. Enjoy. Grace Seawick is a 30-year-old film photographer and writer based in Vancouver, British Columbia. Her mother introduced her to the 35mm camera many years ago, and Grace fell in love. Around the same time, Grace was also experiencing body dysmorphia, something she describes as being at war with the mirror. Seeing only flaws and imperfections in her body, Grace started taking photographs of herself. This is her story about reclaiming her body for photography and how she did the same for so many other women. Welcome to the Sexy Times. It's very exciting. Uh, I feel like I could interview every woman about their story because every woman has a story. But when I found your Instagram and you started to show me your photography and your story, taking pictures of nude women, I was immediately captivated. So um, I'd love to hear from you. Like, uh, who are you and describe what you do? Tell us how this all came about. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. This is the first time that I've done a podcast. So I feel like a little bit nervous about it, but also very excited to talk about it because this is like my favorite thing to talk about. Um, I'm a 30 something woman living in Vancouver. I'm a writer. I'm a film photographer. And I help women reclaim the narrative about their body and their sexuality through photos. I love the the phrase femme photographer. Is that something that you came up with or is that a, a term that's up there? Oh, I, I mean, film. Film photographer. Oh, film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love femme photographer. I should start using that. But no, I shoot on film. And so I feel like that distinction has to be made for us film people we like to claim that we're film people <laughs> you're, you're kind of a film snob which is absolutely fine yeah, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> okay okay femme photography I uh, that could be your new title um I know I like it so why? yeah I, I love it too why film what is it just that you got into it as a hobby so so how did the I mean, did you just walk up to some friend and say, like, hey, I want to take a picture of you naked? <laughs> How did that? <laughs> I wish that I had the so, two questions. Yeah, I wish I had the confidence to just yeah. start there, just go up to people and say, hey, get naked, let me take your picture. But no, it was it started as a hobby and not taking um, this type of photography. It was just, you know, shooting pictures of flowers and landscapes and things like that. I was given my mom's old camera and trying to figure out how to use it and and spending a lot of money on rolls of film figuring out how to use it and um I actually got into photography and specifically nude women and kind of that whole space by going through a shoot myself um I had gone through a lot of body dysmorphia and just really like hating my body and I was so sick of that and so sick of wasting time thinking about it and I'm kind of a 
all or nothing person so I was like I need to do something like kind of extreme and radical and and change this narrative so thankfully I have a lot of friends who are also um, in the film photography world and they created a really safe space for me to explore that and try nude modeling and it was something that really let me see my body as art and not as this thing that I'd put so many feelings and emotions towards. It was, it was kind of, with film, you're not looking directly at the picture, you know, like a digital camera, you can see exactly what you shot, but with film, there's no way of seeing it immediately. So it kind of gives you this space between what you shoot and then what you see. And so you can kind of like digest the experience and for me it was really that that helped me get over a lot of stuff and I was like I need to share this with other people and other women need to experience this so how old were you when this happened I would have been maybe 27 yeah so not that long ago not that long ago I I'd been shooting um and second shooting weddings and and doing things like that but the actual uh, nude modeling and photography myself has been in the last couple of years in in the the nude space. In the in the femme photography yeah. space, okay. And so, when you say body dysmorphia, I have in my head, I think I know what it means, but then I actually think. I don't. So is it, is it related to just not being happy with your body? Um, I mean, I, in high school had anorexia. Is it a kind of, you know, just worrying about your shape? Can you yeah, I mean, define I it? I think it manifests different for people. So I'll only speak to my own experience with it, but it was this, this um, feeling of what I see is not what I feel. And I can, I can, see that my body is is not a certain way but then the longer I stare in the mirror I can like physically see it morphing into something else and I mean also going through disordered eating a lot in high school and just kind of generally just hating the way I looked and putting a lot of pressure on it and a lot of expectation on my body and myself to be a certain way fit a certain mold look a certain way and and deriving a lot of value out of that um I think yeah is really what it was for me okay and then you posed naked as a way to reclaim your body yeah I was just sick of hating it <laughs> I was so over it it was such a it's such a waste of time and I just really needed to do something a little bit extreme to kind of shake myself out of these mindsets and the narrative that I've been telling myself forever. And that for me was, how do I look at myself as art? Mm, okay. Changing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I told you I had posed naked as well mm -hmm. for an art class and nobody was looking at you you know, looking, oh, there's a wobbly bit there, or, oh, look at that. It, they were so focused on what they were drawing. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, it, it wouldn't have mattered what I did. Yeah. They were, they were there for a purpose and, and 
you know, it, it's all context. I wasn't there at a dance club, you know, on a pole or not that there's anything wrong with that, yeah, but totally. I just, it was, it's all context. Yeah. So seriously. that was, and I think, I think with yeah. film too, it like setting up a shot with film takes so much longer than with digital because you can't just shoot a bunch of photos. You know, you have to make sure that the lighting's right. You're moving, you're staying in a pose maybe for longer than you would otherwise. And so it, it almost became like technical and it really like forced me to get out of my own head about it because it had to be like very specific and the people that I was shooting with, shout out to them, uh, their names are Katrina and Annalise and they were just so incredible about like creating that space and it really became so much less about my own body and about like, let's just create something cool. Let's just like try to take the sickest pictures we can and see what we can do. Yeah. And now when you said, hmm, I'm going to take a picture of a woman, how did that story happen? How did you maybe talk about the first pictures that you took of a woman and, and how you felt about that and how she felt about that? Yeah, so I was kind of through this process. I was taking a lot of pictures of myself and um, still trying to work through like, how do I be present in my body? How do I be present with myself? How do I kind of explore my body, my sexuality, like all these different things. And I think people kind of caught on to that, started to notice that. And at first it was my friends being like, these are really cool photos. Like, can you take some of me? That's awesome. And then it started being friends of friends and acquaintances or people who came across it on Instagram and said this seems really freeing I want to be a part of that like is this something that you offer so I kind of in a way stumbled into it just from my own desire to get over my mm -hmm. body issues and then other people were like well we want to do that too can we do that too and so it, <laughs> it kind of like snowballed from there and I'm like hell yeah we can do that let's go Wow. Wow. You're so lucky because I feel like that wasn't even a discussion or something that could have happened. You know, I grew up pre-social media, but I also grew up in a time when, yeah, the, there was so much silence about sexuality. Mm -hmm. You, I mean, we had Madonna, yeah. <laughs> which I'm very grateful. At her best, at her best, Madonna just, she, she had a huge impact on our generation. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll circle back to the photography again, but I did ask you in a pre-question, what, what is it like being a woman in 2023 who, I guess we would call you a millennial? Mm -hmm. You're on the edge. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you're supposed to, you are technically one of the most open sexually generation. Um, what is it like? Um, I mean, we talked briefly about relationships, but you can touch on any of it. What is it like being a woman today? I mean, I'm I'm grateful to be growing up in this time. I can't imagine, I can't imagine, I mean, just to talk about Madonna being like one of the only uh, people that are doing that sort of thing. And I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of of other people that were in that space too but now I feel like there's so many more options and there's so many um 
like there's so much more freedom to express yourself and so I'm really grateful for that but at the same time that creates so many more opinions and a lot of expectations so it's really good that you can kind of create the life you want and live the way you want but at the same time you're opening yourself up to people just have way more access to you and so you're opening yourself up to a lot of a lot more critique um but for the most part I'd say that I'm really hopeful I'm really hopeful for my generation and the ones that come after because I think that we are very aware of how things used to be and don't mm-hmm. want to have to go back to that <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> so what what specifically do you not want to go back to? <laughs> I think I think we're just way more open. And I think that like all of this started, I mean, talk about photography, but like across the board for me, all of this started by just having conversations about it and saying, hey, I'm I don't feel good in my own skin or I don't know how to be present in my body or just any any sort of thing like that and there were people that were ready and willing to have that conversation and it wasn't awkward or weird whereas I know that it it's awkward to talk about and I feel like other generations aren't as maybe receptive to it Again, I'm only speaking from my own experience, but I think that now you have to be open and and willing to talk about these things in order for them to change. Yeah, yeah. we, yeah, there was just, there was no discussion. There was a, a researcher whose name is Michelle Fine, and she talks about sexuality and, and sort of young female teenagers and says that it was the missing discourse of our generation Mm -hmm. that the word pleasure and young women just didn't happen and so with that then you get all this all all these layers of trauma and confusion and things not you know probably a lot of different sexual assaults and and improper things that are going on that we didn't hear about because you just don't talk about those things Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the thing too. Like it's it's not necessarily that the narrative was like sex, masturbation, nudity, all of these things are bad. It's that they just weren't talked about. So we inherently put on a view that they are bad because they aren't discussed. And so that might yeah. not have been like across the board what people were thinking, but the lack of conversation, the lack of openness around them really allows people to put on their own perception instead of saying like hey we can be open we can talk about it we can disagree but at least we're still having the dialogue yeah yeah I remember when I told um a group of women that I know about my book and you know we had a couple drinks everybody was it was in a safe space we were out in the the bush in a like an airbnb we had just gone riding that day and I mentioned women female sexuality Mm -hmm. and you could have heard a pin drop. And I'm like, it's still like the, the sex word is just so um, loaded with meaning. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the minute that we talk about something is different, you know, then people have a hard time with it. But if, if we can celebrate our differences, you know, and 
circling back to the women that you've taken pictures with, what are some of their stories? Is it that they felt um, uncomfortable with their bodies? Was it, what were they trying to reclaim? Yeah, I think that, I think that what surprises me about the conversations I have with these women is that a lot of them are the same. And it's surprising, but it's also, it makes me really sad that, that we're all having a similar story and we all feel isolated in our story, thinking that we're the only one experiencing it. But yeah, a lot mm -hmm. of it is, I was given a certain narrative growing up or um, growing up in the church. This is the way that we were taught to think about this. And now I'm X years old and I don't like my body or I don't like having sex with my husband or I don't feel powerful or I don't feel like I even know how to be in my body I don't know how to pleasure myself or other people or whatever it is and and it's way less I mean it can seem like I'm I'm talking a lot about sex but it's actually just being in your body being connected to yourself is kind of the basis mm -hmm. and all of those things are like compounding issues on top of it so it may turn towards like I don't like having sex or I don't know how to do xyz but all of it that comes down to is just I don't feel like I can be in my own skin it's so interesting that it's everyone has their their own things and my problem was I I liked sex too much okay. <laughs> that's it that's hence the whole podcast yeah. but um you know I did I always felt comfortable in my skin that maybe that I should have not so much um but uh you know did you tell your parents so you said the word religion so I'm gonna open up a little box yeah, there um yeah yeah so you you grew up in a religious in home so mm -hmm. how did that I think that again there was like just certain things that weren't talked about that were inherently um supposed to be known I guess and so at first I mean when you think about like oh I'm gonna pose nude I'm gonna like take pictures of people posing nude there there are certain ways that culture has presented that and so I can't like fault anybody for being cautious because I mean, you think of, oh, women posting nude. If you haven't seen it in art or like haven't done the work to kind of see a different side of it, you immediately go to like, oh, that's pornography or that's like maybe dangerous to post on the internet or, or whatever. So I think there's, I have a lot of grace for that side of it. But at the same time, like for me, it was growing up um, in the church and really just as a, like, I would say assigned female at birth person, sexuality is really put on you from a young age without any of your own control over it. So there's like narratives that are put on you, even the way like people talk to like, oh, she's she's going to be a heartbreaker or like, wait till she gets a boyfriend. Like there's certain narratives that we have around it that are put on us yet. We don't, we're not dictating them. And I'd say, especially in the church, 
again, it's way more to do with sexuality that you're told, like, don't have sex before marriage, masturbation is bad, or like, for a woman, don't tempt a man, don't cause these people to stumble or whatever. And so all of that's to do with sex, but the narrative in which we talk about it is that your body is bad. And so I think the body issues and shame that's around any sort of sexuality or or just being present in your body and like owning your body comes through because of the narrative around sexuality. Yeah, it's... Um... And you're right. It's, it's so similar. I, I don't think you can, I, I, I can speak with every single friend who has some kind of body issue. It just, it's universal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, culturally you go other places and it's, it's the same thing. Um, and do your parents know that you take this, the photographs? They do. Yeah. Yeah. At first they were, um, again, like I said, a little bit cautious of just, is this going to be dangerous or like in any type of way, like harmful to a career or et cetera. But I mean, I've done the work of trying to explain to them how much it's helped me and healed me and helped me get over things and also shown them like, I'm helping other women. I'm helping them deal with issues that they feel and helping them get over their traumas or their reclaiming themselves. And you can't really deny that, you know, you, you, it's hard to argue when you're providing something that's like really helpful to people. Absolutely. My, my father's is he's gone to church most of his life Baptist. Mm -hmm. um, he, he says he's not traditionally religious, but he said, that he would go to the church because he wanted to be in a community and he mm -hmm. wanted to do good. And at its essence, how can that be wrong? And so by virtue of those same two things, you want the same thing. You want good. I mean, this is, <laughs> you want good. This sounds yeah. really simple. No, but, but it's true. It's, <laughs> it's, I, I want to help people. I want to make people feel better. I want to encourage people to love themselves and be kind to themselves and like you can't really argue with those values a lot of those are preached every Sunday yeah absolutely um a few episodes ago I spoke with a girlfriend of mine who's we talked about menopause but the, the one thing we talked a lot about which you have haven't reached yet is ageism mm. And that, again, maybe 10 years ago, a woman that didn't have any kinds of surgery or facial reconstructive surgery was an anomaly, especially in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's there's been such a backlash now because um, men have been able to age properly without enhancements, I'm not saying that they don't, but Mm -hmm. majority of women um, are the ones that get the surgeries but I heard that in Korea the 20 year olds are having surgeries so that you know at 20 yeah like have you seen uh, any of the women coming to you have they had 
are they worried about it? Are they like thinking I need stuff? Um, I've had it, I've had it a few times just brought up in conversation. And I mean, I, I support if you are doing something because you want to do it for yourself and you feel like it is the decision you're making, then absolutely go for it. But if you're doing it because you feel the need to fit into an expectation or a societal norm, that's where I have some pushback. I think that, I mean, I dye my hair because I like it to look a certain way. You know, that that could be equated to going out and getting a boob job. Like, it's, it's altering my appearance in some capacity, but I'm doing it because I like it when it looks a certain way. And that's not society telling me, oh, you need to be blonde or brunette or have bangs or whatever it's it's my choice to do that and so that's yeah that's kind of my opinion if you're doing it that it's for you completely and it's not based off what you think you should be doing then go for it right right whether we've been told it's good or bad yeah yeah I don't think I don't Um, think villainizing it is I don't think villainizing doing it is is the right way to go about it I think the reason no. should be, yeah. yeah. You have a choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with the, with the, how many women have you photographed? Oh man. It's been probably 25, maybe that's a total guesstimate, that's but yeah, it's been a, a good amount. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And ages? Are they young, old? or I would say 22 to 45. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And of the women that are in your generation, um, what do you think women are still grappling with body-wise or otherwise? What What is... What are sort of the top issues about being uh, a, a millennial woman that you're seeing still? I think that there still is a huge beauty standard. And I think that, I mean, now it's shifted into uh, be healthy and, in, in, you know, your mental health, your physical health, all of these things that are definitely more positive um but I think in that there still is room as women to shame ourselves and other people which is something that we're very good at doing um so it's like oh I'm not healthy enough or I need to be meditating or I need to be you know going to more therapy or drinking more green juice or or whatever it is (laughs) you know so it's it's shifted from maybe this I need to be super skinny and thin to like I need to be this like whole health aesthetic and I think that Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's less about maybe having a specific body type but now it's about like excelling at (laughs) (laughs) being being the best you yeah being the best being the best you and then like not giving ourselves grace to kind of not be that sometimes. Yeah. 
Yeah. To, to falter. Well, there, you know, the saying you can have it all, you know, and mm -hmm. I think in my generation, that was the family, the house, the children, the husband. Yeah. And those, those are very strict parameters. Um, one of the conversations I've had with a, a sexual anthropologist was just that there is often not much room to be sexual and not just having sex, but to have a sexual presence in your sexuality outside of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And she said that we still see that as sort of the, the be all and the end all is that, that coupling up, which, which is changing in, in different ways, but um, I totally went off the, the beauty into no, the no, relationships, no. I, but we'll come no, back. I do think, I do think though, that that is still like those parameters you said that that was the standard. I, I still do, I, sorry, still do think that those are super relevant. And I think they're still the parameters today of like, get married, have the kid, have the dog, the golden retriever and, and all of those things by the house and also be the girl boss that you need to be and and all of these things so it's yeah. it's all of it at the same time yet we as a culture now with the dating apps and the instagram and all these things are, are like very disconnected from each other so maybe fewer people are doing it but more people are being shamed for not doing it yeah yeah it's i mean the wedding industry is alive and well. It's, it's booming, kind of strong. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm getting married next year. And I, I, you know, we got quotes about different venues that are in the tens of thousands of dollars. And I'm Crazy. like, Paul's like, let's just do a gonzo, go into a park, say it, run out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, sure. Just go to city hall. At this like, point. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I I'm and it's making me anxious it's not even until like a year away mm -hmm. and then again you get this you know my dad giving me away and then I get anxious about all of that because I'm like this is the moment he's been waiting for um my dad had this saying I and I write about this and it was Melanie now Melanie forever chambers now but not forever okay I heard that all my life and it was, it was when I grew up, I was like, Oh, that's cute. You know, I'm yeah. going to get married. So I'm going to take someone's name and, and then growing up going, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, ugh, ugh. and again, that's, it's a choice. It's absolutely totally. a choice. If you want to take someone else's name, fill your boots. Absolutely. But I get such an ick factor from it. To me, I just, I that's my name mm -hmm. you want to take my name yeah so it's your identity I, I, it's my identity mm -hmm. I know yeah JLo didn't become J Affleck yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly listen to JLo <laughs> like, listen to JLo yeah she, wow well, she's a smart woman yeah seriously no I think it's I think yeah. it's those those things though those like early narratives that were told whether it's about like oh yeah you're gonna be changing your name or you know you have to be a certain way with your body or or don't talk like that don't dress like that because of whatever like all of these narratives that were told when we're super young are so impactful and I think that 
even still, like I'm constantly unpacking these things that I, I don't realize, oh my goodness, that's why I'm making this choice. Or that's why I'm feeling this way about certain things. And it's, you have to be so aware and so present to continuously be thinking about why you're doing what you're doing. It's exhausting. <laughs> it, it, yeah. And it's funny through my entire book. Um, yeah, I'm extricating myself from the things that I felt instinctively okay. about sex and curious. And then again, the, the cultural layers of bullshit that we were fed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still like a good Cinderella story. Yeah. Like, you know, I of just. Course. I do. So then, you know, um, so speaking of the, the Cinderella story, um, I think we talked about this briefly when I saw you last, what are, what's your take on Barbie? Have you seen the movie? And like, I mean, yes, it subverts the narrative, but there's also a lot of things wrong in that movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I think that that speech that classic speech about being a woman is bang on and and you see it all over social media for a reason it's because so many women resonated with it and said oh I finally feel seen I finally feel like I somebody finally gets it and I think that's super powerful I mean yeah there's a lot wrong with with it as well just like anything in life but I think that overall like I really loved that so many people were able to feel like a part of something and feel like connected to other women and to themselves and maybe like unlock how they've been feeling or say like, oh, this is a great touching point of like, I can bring my friends to this movie and then we can talk about it again. Like we have to talk about these things and that really like opened the door to be able to talk about it in like a fun, easy way. What was your experience? Yeah. Yeah, I, they weren't saying anything that was new. Uh, Yeah. That speech was amazing because it's, it is confusing. It's just like, uh, you know, it reminds me of a lot of 17th, 18th century literature that I read. Um, It was an American author. I can't remember the yellow wallpaper was the name of the short story. And this woman, this woman uh, had postpartum, but they didn't know that it was postpartum at the time. And she thought that there was, that someone was coming out from the wallpaper through to, to get her. And one of the therapies for the time, so she was going through postpartum, clearly depressed, clearly going through something. And one of the therapies back at the time was to make women walk on their hands and feet as if they were back in infanthood, okay. they were going to to re retrain them, so bring them back to infancy and and you know take the hysterical out of them. And um, what I liked about the movie was that it, you know, it that speech was like we are this, we are that, we're we're, but we can be both. We we don't have to have things figured out mm-hmm. because as you'll discover you know when menopause hits um the medical community still has no idea i mean we only just mapped the clitoris in like 20 
2016 or something like that. So the fact that, you know, that we didn't even know, it, it's dizzying. And yeah. so, so I feel like, uh, I feel like a, I do feel like a late in life feminist because I went along with it for a long time and I believed the body myths and I, I did all that stuff and I chased the guys and I wanted that. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. How much of this is me? You know, if, if some mm -hmm. of it wants the wedding, sure. But I, uh, you just step back and you're like, step off the treadmill. Yeah. You know, it's, it gets so exhausting and, um, you know, to, to, to live up to that is, is, it's just impossible. And there's another book that comes to mind where they have actually not done crash test dummies on female dummies. I, I've read car. about that. Yeah. It's crazy. There's again, the name escapes me. There's an author that she goes through all of these different kinds of scientific studies that have never been tested on women mm -hmm. because why would you, yeah. you know, like, and as a, as a female cyclist, the fact that we're only now getting uh, bikes that have female geometry, what, what, yeah. <laughs> why, where you have different bodies, like, what is that? I don't understand. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, like you say, it's dizzying to think about all the, all of the ways of, of the inequalities and then I feel like there's also maybe this desire to be like, I want to rebel against everything that's like stereotypically Cinderella or Barbie or, or whatever it is, but also like, who doesn't love putting on a beautiful dress and like, who wouldn't want to have all of their favorite people in one room and then like get to eat cake, you know, like the weddings are fun. So like <laughs> on one hand, you can say like, oh, this really, this really sucks. It's like a symbol of the patriarchy or, or whatever. You can like gripe and moan about it. But again, yeah. like back to the idea of like plastic surgery or, or whatever, like if you're doing it because you want to do it and you're doing it for you and in that case for your partner, for your family, for like a celebration of that, then go for it. But any other reason to do it, I would say really like dig deep and ask yourself why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I grapple with that. I, I used to think that I, I used to like to dress up and I thought, oh, this is, you know, it's so, it's so different from the mountain biking mall mm -hmm. and that, well, you can have the, the dirty mountain bike mall. And my, my stepmother always jokes that she's like, well, when you get married, you're going to get married in your hiking boots. And I'm like, Ooh, there's a look. Yeah. <laughs> like I that I'm like totally. I would totally rock the hiking boots in my frilly lacy dress yeah that's thanks for the idea love that but, but also like you're you're allowed to wear the hiking boots you're allowed to wear a sparkly high heeled if you want to like I think what women like the narrative that's given to us is that like we're not allowed to be more than one thing you know like there's there's right. a maybe like not enough room for everybody so you have to like pick a lane and stick to it but like yeah you can be the one who's out on the trails biking or like 
hiking up a mountain and you can also be like I really want to wear like a sequin ball gown and like both can make sense for you like you can literally be as many different things as you want to it, it doesn't have to be yeah. like this like pick one thing and maybe that's that's kind of the a good summary of like what it's like to be a woman now I feel like I have the freedom and ability to try so many different things and be so many different things because we all are we're all like so unique and we have so many multi-facets to ourselves that like explore them yeah yeah I have to describe for our listeners that you're wearing a deaf leopard shirt I am wearing a deaf leopard shirt <laughs> now is that because you like deaf leopard or you just want to be subversive and <laughs> I honestly just thought it was cool it has a, a giant leopard on the front and I like the colors, yeah. and so I wear it with pride. Couldn't tell you a single name of a Def Leppard song, but I think the shirt's cool, so I'm going to yeah, wear it. <laughs> that is so interesting. Well, I, I feel like my sister is about your age, and I'm taking her through like a list of movies that she has to see mm. and songs that she's never heard before, but you must know Pour Some Sugar on Oh, it. yeah. I just wouldn't have equated that that was them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I probably, I probably do know more than, than, but I'm terrible also with like saying who sings what, or like what actors in what movie, all of that goes over my head anyways. So. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love the eighties for the really bad pop gum songs, you know, just, and, and, the neon, but um, I don't know. I, I sometimes I romanticize what the seventies would have been like, free love and all that thing. Because it, at the same time, it, it there was probably a lot more sexual assaults happening then because mm -hmm. guys were like, "Oh, she's on the pill. She's the things are fine." Yeah. So yeah, it's easy to it's easy yeah. to romanticize for sure. I mean, I think. I think about the the sixties, the seventies, that time too. And I'm like, it seems so fun. Everyone's so like open and free and wild, and like there's a certain pull to that. But I mean, I I think I definitely am glad I'm growing up in this time. <laughs> I would be too. I would be too. Um, the last question I'm going to ask you is a is, is something again that I write about um, female competition mm. and um, working with women as allies like I know that you have some really good friends um I, I grew up with am amazing friends as well um one in particular I always used to say if I called her up and said hey I just murdered somebody she'd be like okay do I get the big shovel or do I get the little <laughs> shovel you know that's, no question. that's the kind of friend you even need for sure yeah, she's she's there. But uh, in 2016, Madonna gave a speech. And uh, in the speech, she was just talking about how so many people tried to pull her down to rip her apart. And some of her advice was, find women that inspire you, motivate you, bring you up. Are there artists or other people that you can name, even family or friends, like, who does it for you? Who are your mentors? Yeah, so I, I think, I mean, specifically in 
the photo world, there's definitely some people that I really look up to and specifically those two women that helped me with the photos at the beginning and really taught me a lot about photography, but also about like how to accept my body, how to feel comfortable in my skin. We we really became this little like cohort and and helped each other kind of work through a lot of big issues. And I think I at this stage in my life am am those are the type of relationships that really matter to me. And it's less about like I want to find friends to party with or or whatever it is like in your 20s but but now it's really if you're not supporting people around you if you're not trying to help them get better in whatever it is that they're doing then I don't really see a purpose to the relationship like I, I really want purposed relationships yeah people that bring you up yeah totally I um before this call, there's um, a woman that's from Ontario that moved here with her family. And uh, I just, last minute, she's like, oh, do you want to go for a walk? And I'm like, oh, in my head, I'm like, I have no time. And I'm like, take the time. So yeah. I went and walked and an hour of talking and I just left and I'm like, oh, there, I, you know, instant therapy. Totally. Like how another woman can just, you know, so it's the difference sometimes it gets with gender in that sometimes when I talk, I don't necessarily have things figured out. Mm -hmm. And that when you do that with a woman, you, you bounce it off each other, you, you get it out. And then I just leave with, from my girlfriends feeling like glued, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm put back together and like, yeah, yeah. I think it's also important to, to find people that are really um, honest with themselves and I, I fully believe that there's room at the table for everybody. I'm not, I'm not in competition with even my other friends that do film or do similar work. Like I, I'm not in competition because the people that are coming to me are coming to me for a reason. And the people that are going to them are going to them for a reason. But I want to be around those people that are honest with themselves, that are willing to ask big questions. And we don't even have to be in the same like stage of life I think that everybody can be open and provide you wisdom and um it can go both ways but you yeah there has to be a level of honesty and, and trust in, in those relationships yeah one of my favorite sayings is just when someone has your back I love that mm -hmm. you know totally if you falter they got you and yeah. having your girl yeah yeah yeah. a judgment-free zone like I I like to say and and I think this has helped me huge in my photography is nothing phases me like really nothing phases me I I've been asked I've been shown I've been told maybe the most wild things and I it just doesn't phase me and and having friends that you can really say like, hey, yeah, let me call you up in the middle of the night and I've got a story for you. And they're just like, okay, let's dive in. Like that is, I think, so beautiful. Yeah. And like every woman needs that to, to, yeah, like you said, have that walk of therapy for an hour. Yeah. Has there been something that has shocked you 
about the women that are coming to you? Um, for good or bad or not really. I I wouldn't say shock me. I mean, there's been things that I'm like, I either don't um I don't know the answer to this or like I don't know how to further help you because I mean we're taking pictures nude it, it does come out like a lot of things do come out for these women and it does become a therapy session a lot of the time of, of I'm feeling this type of way and and I feel this way about sex or my body or masturbating or or whatever it is and I mean I only have my own experiences so I try to be informed that I can like send them in another direction of like this is where you can find resources on whatever it is that they're going through but I wouldn't say that something's like ever overtly shocked me no mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, um, I think from photography to Barbie to um, film, I think we've covered a lot of bases. So maybe we can do a round two. Um, maybe you can interview me next time. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> to. This is awesome. Thanks so much for, you asked really good questions. I feel like we really got into it. Yeah, I love getting into it. And I feel like uh, there's more to be said. So we'll, we'll definitely have. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Yes, definitely round two coming up. All right. Thanks so much, Grace. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Sexy Times. And be sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review The Sexy Times where you listen to your podcast. And if you want to reach out to me, or send me some research, send me a note at melanie.writing at gmail.com. Later, ladies.